We are elated to welcome you to Inspiring Voices from the Classroom. Inspiring Voices is a one-of-a-kind show designed to recognize and highlight current mathematics classroom teachers and provide a positive platform that allows their authentic voices to be heard. Shane Wiggin is an eighth grade teacher at Freedom Middle School. He has been a teacher for seven years. Shane earned his master's degree in teaching from Marion University in Indiana. Some of Shane's educational experiences include Teach for America, Boys and Girls Club, and Big Brothers Big Sisters of America. What Shane finds most exciting about being a Noyce Fellow is the opportunity to make systemic changes within the educational system that impacts students who are underrepresented in STEM. He is currently earning his doctorate in mathematics education from University of Central Florida. Welcome to Inspiring Voices from the Classroom. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher J. Childs. The focus of this show is to highlight amazing mathematics educators across the country. On this episode, I have the one and only Shane Wiggin. Shane, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. I'm glad you're here on the show. It's exciting that you're on the show, not only for what you represent, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but let's first just talk about what led you to become an educator. Yeah, so I started in the public sector first, and you know, the first time you work at a job, it's new and exciting. And then um, I kind of got into a, a pattern, if you will. Um, you know, it wasn't new and exciting anymore, and I just kind of um, was looking for something new. I had a friend that was teaching through Teach for America in Atlanta and I'd always look at his social media and he'd be doing amazing things in his classroom. So I said, all right, let's try to see what that's about. So I did my own research and the first statistic that popped up was there's only 2% of black males teaching K through 12. And at first I saw that statistic and I was like, no, that can't be right. Like, right it's such right. a low number. And, um, I reflected on my own experience and I only had one black male teacher in my entire K through 12 um, career. So I said, that's terrible. So um, I applied immediately afterwards and it took me to teach in, in math in Indianapolis and eight years later, I've been loving it ever since. So that is amazing that it makes me think to my educational career, how many black male teachers I actually had and then there's no stereotypes against folks that work in physical education. How many were not connected to some athletic, to athletics or sports, but focus on the content areas? Depending upon where you're watching this show on what platform, I want you to comment. How many black male teachers have you had in your entire educational experience? You talked about K through 12, your entire educational experience from pre-K all the way through college. I want you to comment whatever platform you're watching this on. It'd be great to see in the comments just how many people have actually never had a black male educator as a teacher. But you, for undergrad though, I know you went to a school where you had an experience with some black male educators. Where'd you go for undergrad? <laughs> I went to the Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University. You know I had to segue some reason for why am I wearing this nice Florida Agriculture and Mechanical sweater and Absolutely. you're dressed up on the show, but I said, when we do this show Inspiring Voices, we also want to acknowledge HBCUs and what HBCUs do for increasing the number of black educators in the space. So shout out to Florida Agriculture and Mechanical University located in the beautiful Tallahassee, Florida on the highest of seven hills. Yes, I plug my university, it's my show. This is what we do. Why do you think Shane is on here? 
Fam, you all day. All right, back to the show, Shane. I'm sorry. So what are some amazing things happening in your classroom environment? Yeah, so one of the things that I also hear, and I'm sure if you've ever taught math, you've heard this too. Um, when are we ever going to use this? Every day. Exactly. Every lesson. Why? 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 Yeah. <laughs> so I make it real for them. So I like, during the first week of school, we, um, we go around the classroom and we ask students, like, what do you want to do? Like, what do you want to do in real life? Do you want to be a football player, a doctor, a lawyer? What it is that you want to do? So they just, before we even start talking about math, um, they tell me what their goals are. And I hear everything and we have a conversation. Uh, who feels like math will not benefit them in what they want to do? Because these are your goals, they're not my goals. Right. And there's always a couple students that raise their hand like, I still don't need math. So we have those conversations about how whatever it is they want to do, they're still going to need math. Whether you're an entertainer, an athlete, you still need math in whatever field you're going into. So we drive that investment. And that also helps with classroom management. So. Um, if you work in a school where the behavior at the school level is not where it wants to be, um, I always tell people you control what happens in your classroom. So we always do these classroom culture posters and it's pretty much the rules that govern what our culture in the classroom is going to look like and I let the students come up with that. So. I let them say, all right, so we got these goals. We know that math is going to help us get to these goals. What is it that's going to be, what will a successful math classroom look like? So they start telling us, um, we're going to be collaborative. And these are the words that they'll actually say. Um, we'll be paying attention. And so I just start writing these down. If I hear something more than once, we put a check mark next to it. So we make these posters. And then we sign it because it's a contract. We're going to be following this for the entire school year because we have really important work that we're going to be doing and this is going to help us do that important work. So I sign it first to be the model for my students and then everybody else gets up and signs that contract and anytime there's a breach in culture throughout the entire year, we always go back to that poster and say, are we working towards our goals if we're uh, coming to class unprepared or if we are not participating. So um, I reference it a lot more at the beginning of the year as we're all figuring each other out. And then by this time of the year, um, second semester, I barely have to talk about it because the investment's there because they know they're working towards their goals, not my goals or what I have for them, but what they want to do ultimately. So it sounds like you're creating a truly student-centered environment where the students own one, what is their career choice? the students own what are we trying to create this environment to be like so everything really is benefiting them and you know oftentimes as educators we say this is for you that's really not but they get to build it uh, build their classroom in collaboration with you absolutely yeah so they know like what their goals are it's going to be different from the student that they're sitting next to or who they're sitting with in a group but they know whether you want to be a lawyer whether you want to own your own business whether you want to be a roofer whatever it is that you want to be what we're doing today is getting you leading you to that goal right now it might just look like we're talking about slope and slope intercept but this right. is going to help you one day in your field all right now you mentioned slope slope intercept you started jumping some math terminology, which my viewers love. What is your favorite thing to teach as a math educator? We all have that one topic we love. What is your favorite thing to teach as a math educator? So my favorite concept are always word problems. Okay. So it's not really con it's not really um, standard specific. Okay. Because 
Word problems make math real. Like you're never walking into a store and they just have an equation for you to solve. You have a situation that you can then apply math to. So I like data, I like charts. Um, bivariate tables is one thing that I really like teaching because I can use stuff that is relevant to them. Um, anything that I can make relevant to them is my favorite thing um, because it's tying into the purpose to why we're doing this. It's not just so you can go to the next grade or pass high school or even college. This is something that's gonna benefit you and the generation that you're coming, that's coming after you. So are you saying you focus on the word problems to build these problem solving strategies within students so they could take those same problem solving strategies into adulthood and life that's pressed in front of them? Exactly. So one of the things I like to focus on in my classroom is the why. Okay. Why does that make sense? So if we're talking about content and you know somebody tells me how to do a problem, I'm like, does that make sense? What is the mathematical reason of why you can do that? So it's building that critical thinking. It's not necessarily focusing on the procedures of math, but we're looking at the problem as a problem to solve. So you are just figuring out a problem to solve. I tell them all the time, I don't have a set way of solving this problem. Whatever way makes sense to you, and you can explain why that mathematically makes sense, go for it. So we always start off with that, and then eventually we'll lead into formulas um, if it's helpful. But if a student already knows how to solve a problem and they can explain why that makes sense, I don't need to do anything else. My, my thing is, in the classroom, how do we provide students options? If we think everyone, we're in on location here filming today, and folks took different routes to get here. Everyone in this room, and folk audience, you can't see everyone in this room, but they took a different route to get here, but we all got to the same place. But it's how do we continue to instill that in students in the classroom so they don't feel like you have to do this one way or it won't work. Yeah, and I think you said it. It's highlighting that there are multiple ways to solve any problem. Um, in the past, when I grew up, they taught math one specific way. They would show the process. I do. We would practice. We do. <laughs> and then we would turn it in. Then you do, yep. Yeah, so um, from that, you know, you got used to doing it one way, and if you tried another way, it was incorrect. So that's why I just open it up. We do a lot of discussions in my class about how you'd solve this problem. I don't really pre-teach anything. We start with the problem, and then what prior knowledge do you have that can help you solve this? So you might only have a little piece, but your partner at your group table might have another piece, and we're putting that together, and we're figuring this problem out together. I love how you say you don't do a lot of pre-teaching. For our audience out there, you have to believe in the students in your classroom. Believe they bring into the classroom environment, I call it genius level potential, and we work with it. As opposed to the child is a blank slate, they bring in nothing, I gotta teach you first. If you're creating a truly student-centered environment, start with where they are and you build upon it. And somebody's watching this and say, well, you don't know the gaps they bring into the classroom. Everybody brings gaps. You as an educator bring in gaps. Over time, what did you do with those gaps? You fill them in. So just as we as educators have to fill in gaps in our knowledge, our job is to fill in gaps in students' knowledge along the way. It doesn't mean front-loaded. Build upon where they're at based upon where you're trying to get to. Exactly. It's all about meeting the student where they are. 
So I think a lot of times we see the potential in them and we're just focused on where we can take them and we're not really focused on where they are right now. Like we can still have that goal in mind for where we want to take them. But before we get there, we have to meet them where they are. So that's so important. I, I want to switch gears a little bit. I love the fact that you're developing this student-centered pathway. Earlier you mentioned an interesting statistic about the 2%. We both identify as black males in the field. There is a black male out there watching this episode that possibly wants to be an educator. What would you say to that black male? I'd say that if you have that, that drive to just go for it. Um, too many times we put these limits on ourselves and before we go for a goal we think if we can do it instead of just following what we want to do. Um, I relate this back to math. There's a lot of people who want to go into STEM fields to be doctors, to be engineers, but they have that little voice in their head, but you're not good at math. So then they consider a different field. So I would just say go for it and then you figure out what do you need to do to get those steps. So is it you need a mentor? Do you need to strengthen um, your skills in a certain area? But whatever it is, continue with that and then your focus needs to be on the steps to get there because you're going to do it. You just have to figure out what you need to do to get there. And, and I'm going to add on to that. Beyond, I want you to go for it and I want you to be unapologetic and relentless when you go for it. There is nothing stopping you from getting into where we're at and what we do as black male educators in the field. We need more of you jumping into this field. It is a rewarding field. It is an amazing field. And yes, we are biased to mathematics because mathematics does make the world go round. But I just want to encourage more black males to jump into being an educator. And a lot of you are saying, but I don't want to be a teacher teacher. Do you understand as a black male you're educated in everything that you do? Right now we have an amazing production crew. They're educating me on the side of production. So they're educators. They're folks that are watching this on a device and you're teaching others how to use the device that you're watching it on. You're educated. There are folks that work in the banking industry that are teaching people how to get a home loan. You're educated. So don't put education in a box of, I gotta go into a quote unquote school building and day to day be a teacher, but you can be an educator in whatever walk that you're in, but I'm gonna take it a step further even if you're not in the school, we need you all coming into the school and taking the education that you're providing folks in your industry into schools so little black boys and little black girls and other children see you in the community, in the school, providing a positive outlook on who we are. I got, I really um, wanted to hit home with that point. We call this inspiring voices from the classroom for a reason because we need to inspire more people to see the classroom beyond four walls. We need to inspire them to see it as a community, as all of us working together. That is what education is all about. And we as a people, that is what we grew up on through, through the beginning of time. And it's can, how do we re-harness that energy to, people always talk about making the world a better place. This is how you make the world a better place, by providing opportunities, by engaging in these discussions, and doing something radically different that hasn't been done before. So I'm going to continue to push in and get more people into this field because of the value and the rewarding field that it is. And it can be life changing for a child to see you in that educational environment. Absolutely. As we begin to wrap this episode, I, I want you to think through what do you want to leave the viewers with? What is your call to action to our viewers? I would say 
and again, I'm biased because I'm a math teacher and I see this every day, but we are all successful mathematicians. We do math every day from asking from students who, if you ever go and ask a student, um, you know, if they buy something at the store, um, they're gonna, and they have a $10. If a student goes to the store and they have $10 in their pocket, they buy candy that costs maybe $2. If that cashier just takes $10 and doesn't give them their change, they're gonna stand there and wait for their change. And they don't know that's math. They don't realize that they're doing successful math on a day-to-day -day basis. So if we can just continue to remind them what they are capable of and continue to empower them, support them and speak life to them, then I can't wait to see where this generation can go. Shane, thank you for being on Inspiring Voices from the Classroom. Keep up the amazing work that you're doing and never stop what you're doing because you never know who is watching you in the field. Pleasure Thank having you. Thank you for having me. You just saw an episode where we focused on a lot of things as it relates to education and becoming an educator. I want to implore to each and every one of you to consider becoming an educator. It is a valuable career path. It is a life-changing career path. Every one of you has the ability to be an educator. And you can be a formal educator in a setting, getting a salary, working in the building, or you can be what I call an informal educator coming in to support our schools. Our schools need each and every one of you providing your time, your energies, and your expertise because ultimately, if we're gonna impact the next generation, it starts with a high quality education. What are you going to do, not next year, not a couple months, tomorrow, to impact your local school? I challenge you to go out to your local school and do some volunteering and let's help these children and let's support our educators who are giving it their best. At the very least, as a community of folks, we can give our best. This has been your boy, Dr. Christopher J. Childs on Inspiring Voices from the Classroom. Do you want to be a guest on the show? Fill out the online submission form at www.christopherchilds.com shows.